Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Wendy Bjork, also known as the MS Warrior Queen, has been dealing with multiple sclerosis since she was 17 years old. She was diagnosed at the age of 22 back in 1992. After a lot of reading, research, classes, workshops, and coaches, she realized the benefits of a lifestyle reset through her four pillars, which work together, mindset, body, relationships, and environment, have helped her to feel better. She can think clearly. She doesn't feel like going back to bed at 10 a.m. any longer, and her headaches have significantly decreased. She says a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis is not a death sentence, and there are ways to manage it holistically. The ways aren't difficult, but take determination. Listen to the end as she shares what she feels humanity needs the most. Hey, so I'm Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks, The Human in the Mirror, and I'm here today with Wendy Bjork, also known as the MS Warrior Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Wendy. I'm so glad to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait to dive into your story. Just with every episode, we start by looking in the mirror. So I'd love to take a moment and have you describe to listeners your features, what you see in your reflection? So I guess, I don't know, that's kind of a glare. Um, When I look in the mirror, I just see someone who is tenacious, kind, caring, generous, and just want to help others. Love it. Tenacious, kind, generous, and wanting to help others. And what about your features? How would you describe your features? My features, well, I guess my, I like my smile and my blue eyes and I try to have a lot of sunscreen on every day so I don't get, you know, like wrinkles or age spots. And the only part that really bothers me is like right in my forehead where I have that little groove or whatever you would call it. But I think it's just genetic because... I see it on other relatives, so I think that just happens. Area between the brows. Mm-hmm. So there's a line here is what you're mentioning, right? Yeah, right there. Okay. And it's one line. Some people can have two and some people can have three, and you have one line from what I see. Yes. Okay. Anything else? How would you describe the shape of your, your brows or the shape of your face, your nose? I think I have a heart-shaped face. My nose could be smaller, but it's fine. (laughs) I hear a lot of people mention their noses. (laughs) It's the European nose, I think. Is that part of your descent? Yes. It's mostly German, some Norwegian, some Irish. And that the 
the German, well, half of the German, like my mom's side came from, I think it was the corner where it's Poland and where Germany meet. So, but the Pomeranian side of it was where they came from. All right. And is there a, a particular feature that you struggle with or that you have a challenge with maybe in the past or even presently? I don't think so. I think I'm pretty accepting of myself. Yeah. Usually toward the end of the episode, people get to that point of describing what they see in the reflection as a, as a person, as a human. Um, and you started with looking at yourself in that manner, with, you know, describing feeling that you see the tenacity, the kindness, the generosity, and the service in your face. So, uh, yeah, we're starting from. <laughs> that took a lot of work, though. I mean, years past, I would just look in the mirror and go, ugh, just because you just don't. We're just wired that way, I think, just to be negative. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? I think it's that whole survival instinct, you know, if you expect a lion to attack you and eat you, then you're kind of always thinking There's something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said that there's been a lot of work. So talk to me about that. What did you mean by that? Well, I think just because of my diagnosis so young that I had to figure out how to live life. You know, you can't just roll over and lay there. You have to keep going and plugging along. So you had a diagnosis of MS at a very early age. What age? Well, it took five, six years to diagnose me. I was having symptoms, you know, when I was a teenager and nobody really knew what it was or dove into what it meant. You know, I would mention it to my doctor, you know, you go for your annual sports physicals and he would just say, well, you're just still growing or had some odd reasoning for it and weird occurrences or numbness or tingling just kept happening. And a simple hot bath would trigger it. So. So for five years, you were communicating, you're feeling off, you're having these symptoms. And you were told it's probably just growing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, it's funny because I have a friend in town right now. She's also an acupuncturist. And we were talking about this yesterday, how there's a lot of misdiagnoses or a lot of people that go through um, physical trauma because they communicate to their doctors, their symptoms or how they're feeling. And a lot of times she was saying, you know, that's the reflection. It's probably just, it's probably just, probably just minimizing, you know, that expression of like, Hey, hear me, listen to me. So, so at 17, your diagnosis was confirmed. No, not until I was 22. (sighs) Wow. Okay. So for five years from 17 to 22, you were going through this. Mm -hmm. What was that like when you were 22? Did you feel like a sigh of relief or was it even scarier? How did you feel when there was a confirmation? I think it was even scarier because now there's a name on it 
and a label and a tag. And then there's all sorts of other feelings and words, you know, that go along with that kind of a disability prognosis. Disability prognosis. Okay, so what were you thinking in your head when you had that? So growing up, my grandmother had bad rheumatoid arthritis. And I think she might have had a case of MS as well because she just was chair bound. She sat in her chair all day. That's how I remember her. And all I could think was, that's not going to be me. I am not going to sit in a chair all day and just live my life looking out the window. So that, I think, was the first part of just me, you know, not just ignoring it, but maybe vowing to myself it wasn't going to let me or take over my life. And what brought you to that decision? I think just simply that I didn't want to be incapacitated like that. I still wanted to live. I had, you know, I hadn't done anything yet. I had all I'd done was go to college and just started working. So you know, my whole life was ahead of me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the direction of a warrior, an MS warrior queen. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about that, that identity. How did that come about? Well, that came about because about 15 years into it, I had had two kids by then and working full time and just dragging myself to work every day because that's what you do. You don't stop working because you don't feel good. You just keep going. And I could barely walk. And my neurologist said, either you change something or you're going to be picking out a wheelchair or a walker or both. And that made me mad. And I thought, you know, back to my grandma. I'm not going to end up like that. So I just dove into reading about what causes inflammation in our body. And I mean, there were so many hours I spent reading and researching and buying courses and books and, you know, the things all around us that besides the food, you know, the cleaning products, the candles, I mean, we could just go on and on about everything that's just in the grocery store can trigger so many different things. And when I realized that, and it took me a, probably a year or two to figure this all out, but, you know, I basically did a lifestyle reset and you know, nothing that I can't pronounce on a label. Obviously, it doesn't belong in your house because it's just full of synthetic chemicals. You know, and I found there's 80,000 chemicals, synthetic chemicals created just since World War II. That's not even 100 years. And nobody's doing anything about what they do to your body or what they do when you combine them together. I mean, it's just really heartbreaking. And I just decided other people need to know this, you know, besides the people with MS. Sounds like a big mission, very needed. (laughs) Yes. And I think besides that aspect, the other thing I figured out, you know, just looking back early on of the gaps in care. There's no one, you can't just go to the doctor and spend 20 minutes with your doctor. They don't get time or have time to talk about all the aspects of healing, about your mindset, your relationships, what you're putting in your body or on your body, and then the environmental factor of what you're bringing into your house. And just those gaps in care made me really want to stand up and speak out about 
MS and just change the face of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Change the face of it. So it sounds like you took an experience of feeling limited and took matters into your own hands about going into a direction that redefined it in a healthier way. Exactly. I love that. So when you're speaking out, who are you speaking to? Because I know you mentioned you wanted other people, not just people that were dealing with MS, to be aware of chemicals in the, in the home, environmental toxins. Who, who is the audience that's hearing you? Well, I mainly want to help ladies with MS because there's just thousands upon thousands. And just being, even just on Facebook in these MS groups, you know, there's 20 or 30,000 women in these groups and they're just all kind of in the same place of, you know, just going back and forth to the doctor. And not that I want to replace the doctor. I just want them to know there's other options. You know, there's other things you can do to help yourself. And like you said, it's a big mission and it's a big message because we are just surrounded. I mean, you just watch TV for five minutes and you're just bombarded with the opposite, you know, of things that can help you or things that can help heal you. So I think it's just opening it up for everybody to know that there's ways to live better. Hmm. So what do you want these ladies to know specifically? Like if you were sharing with them your journey, what are some key points that you would want them to, to know in starting with healing from their journey? Sure. And with the ladies that I work with, because I'll work one-to-one with ladies to either just get them started on their journey or work you know, three or four months or however, however long it takes to get them where they're at the point that they can go on their own. But I have a framework where it goes through each area of their body, what they're eating, what they're drinking, what they're putting on their body. From your deodorant to your shower gel to your shampoo. I mean, it's all contributing to things that happen for symptoms or triggers. And then besides your body, it's your mindset. You know, how do you feel about yourself? Do you love yourself? That's hard for a lot of people to tell yourself that I love you. And then the relationship part, you know, are you getting support from your spouse or partner, your kids, your other family, friends, coworkers? So many people don't even have anybody to talk to you about this because as soon as they do, that person compares what they have going on with their MS. And then they'll say, you don't really have MS because I feel like that too. And that's just so common, I think, because so many people are just on the brink of being sick. Mm. And then the last piece, like we said, is the environmental toxins and how they contribute to our lack of health. Mm. Okay. So you said a lot of really juicy, good golden nuggets there. Um, I'm curious was there a time in your life where you felt like, aside from the doctors, any kind of familial support or in your community where you were trying to speak out and people were not hearing you? Weren't? Yeah, it happens often. And for 25 years, I just pretended I was fine because it was easier. 
you know, it's somebody asks how you are, and this is just general. Someone asks how you are, and you say you're fine. So I would have people that, you know, they weren't good friends, but like parents of other kids from school, or they would say, well, like, what's wrong with you? And you would say, well, you're exhausted. And they say, well, I'm tired too. (laughs) But when you have MS, sometimes you get up and get dressed in the morning and you feel like going back to bed at 10 or 11 o'clock because that just drained you. So I think just having the awareness around it and understanding for people, that's mainly what, or part of my message is it's not just being tired. That's just one example. And I guess I just, probably do like a lot of people do is you just rather not talk about it mm-hmm. or that's where I was at that point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it sounds like acknowledgement, some form of acknowledgement of the severity and the experience is important. And because you haven't really experienced that yourself, part of your teaching is, you know, I imagine giving other women permission Hey, this is okay, you know, to, to feel this way. And other people may not fully understand, or it might even seem like it's being minimized, but you really need to acknowledge it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, this line here in the center of your forehead, this is in Chinese face reading, it's called a suspended needle or sword, depending on how big or deep it is. And it can represent one of three things. The first thing is time of life which this crosses close to the 40s. So it's a decade of transition from 30s to 40s where people can go through some major life changes. It happens a lot because the 40s often represents the decade of um, personal power, of authenticity, of really weeding out things in your life that are taking up space that don't have profound meaning. Oftentimes people will go through major changes in their lives, like divorce, or they'll change their jobs, or um, they'll go on another totally different path with life purpose. So time of life is usually, you know, signifying when something's major, that there could be a marking. The second thing that a suspended sword um, represents is, or align this area, the suspended sword is Personal power is what this area represents. So oftentimes when people have this repetitive expression of their brows crunching together to create this marking, oftentimes it has to do with intense drive. And a lot of times it could be trapped as frustration, often because they're not being heard. The power has not been fully expressed and there could be something that's holding them down from expressing that power or they might be holding themselves down from fully expressing that the third thing is this is called the this um the seat here is um it's a representation of father's influence so sometimes when people have this marking it could represent that father was absent in life And it could be either emotionally absent or father was never in the picture physically. So it doesn't necessarily mean all three. It could be 
but one of these could be what's contributing to this expression here of, I imagine it's you not being heard for so long. But is there anything else that I mentioned that was resonating as I was explaining that to you? I don't think it would be the father because my dad was, my dad's around and he's very supportive of, him, of me. I think it's the second one, maybe a little bit of the first one, but I think just the not, just the suppression of the feelings and not being heard. Yeah. And so your brows, the other thing I want to mention is brows are, they're, they're an area also of drive. You've got this intense line here of, you know, that um, uh, buildup of, of frustration or just, again, trapped power not being fully expressed. And then you've got these brows that are thinner and they're a little bit rounded. And so what that can signify is being over-accommodating to others. A lot of times when people are really trying to make things easy and comfortable for other people, that can also tap into their personal power. Now, one of the things I really love about seeing your face is your nose is very strong. This is also a big representation of power in the face. So you just have this almost um, expression of like, I, I have something to say, I have something to say, but it hasn't fully, fully flourished. And you're on that path now. I don't know how old you are. I can imagine. Are you in between 40s and 50s or? Early I'm 50s? 51. Okay. So you're right on track with this expression. And I think um, you have this very soft demeanor. You mentioned kindness, generosity. There is this earthiness to your delivery. That's another earth sign is when the brows are rounded. Again, that accommodation or that consideration or the kindness, the generosity, the warmth. So I think people that have had this diagnosis, as you mentioned, this disability prognosis would really benefit from listening to someone of that nature, of your nature, you know, speaking along those lines, that, um, that care, that support, that compassion, that kindness, almost like you're this soft place to um, foster these challenges. So um, as I'm speaking there and sharing that, what's coming up for you? Yeah, I totally agree with you. We just need to, I think, approach it differently. And I guess that's what I'm, my mission is to help people embrace it because it's something you'll have for life, but it doesn't need to rule your life or take over. Yeah. And it sounds like you lived a full life even thus far, halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say halfway because I was, I, my goal is for people to be centenarians. I would love that, you know, um, but two children, right? Two mm -hmm. children when you're now you have um, heartsofwellness.com. Talk to me about that. So that came to me about five years ago. And I was working with an essential oils company, but I wanted to not just 
be that. I wanted to be, I guess, have a wider area to help people. And so this has all been just kind of piecing together for probably the last four or five years. And I'm just sitting, sitting and thinking about what, you know, what a good name would be. So I just meditated for a while and probably a couple of days it came to me. And I just thought, you know, it just would be like an umbrella. So now it has my, I guess, my four cornerstones framework where, you know, I walk with ladies with MS and I will post my podcasts, you know, they're all parked there, my podcast, so people can look through it and see what resonates with them. And I have my eBooks on there that they can take and read. I created a journal because when you go to the doctor, you should have something to write on. And it includes a symptom tracker, you know, a gratitude journal has hers on one page because we need to have gratitude every day, no matter how you feel, because there's always somebody that has it worse than we do. And I just, I guess my whole website is just to have a place for me to put all my ideas, all my creations and a spot for people to go. What a, what a fantastic resource. So well thought out. Um, I, I just, I just love it, Wendy. Um, and I just noticed, are you wearing a crown? I am. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. So I would love to hear how, how are you feeling? How are you feeling like on a day to day through this whole experience? I just feel really empowered on a day to day basis. And I know I had divine help in being shown the resources, the tools to help heal. And I am told probably once or twice a day that I've been healed and now it's my turn to help others heal. And that's just my, what keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. This line here is really about your power and you are on a mission. So I can see the drive Uh, that, well, that will eventually soften when you start to feel like um, your personal power is stepping into it even more. And as you mentioned, your website started a few years ago. Like, I know you've been on this journey for quite a long time. I'm so glad that you are stepping out and sharing your resources and using your voice. And I just want to encourage you to do that more and more and more and more. Thank you. Yeah. So Based on everything you shared, what would you say humanity needs the most? Just more caring and understanding and less judging. In so many arenas, right? Right. (laughs) Just out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love to invite you to look in the mirror one more time. See if there's anything else that you see. just can't wait for that line to go away (laughs) yeah you had shared that you feel empowered and I think that that is huge based on knowing and you know your your journey about feeling the suppression this awareness it's going to open up more and more and more and you've got again your German um (laughs) Norwegian nose to thank for that as well (laughs) so 
So, yeah. And I applaud you for all of the work you've done about the self-acceptance piece, especially with your lifestyle reset. You're right. Um, it's not just about um, being aware of what we're putting into our bodies and what we're putting onto our bodies and what's in our environments, the things that we're saying to ourselves and how we love ourselves. So um, we all should wear crowns. <laughs> I agree. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you again for having me. It's been really a pleasure and just so grateful to have some more insight into my facial features. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I wanna show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance, so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program, or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks.